to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Welcome to day two of the new era of the Steve Day Show podcast. So many of you have sent me notes. Good to have you back. Good to hear you again. It's good to be back. Good to be with you again. Keep those coming. We greatly appreciate it. Please share this with all your patriots and friends around the country that we are back once more and available right here on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. It is the Steve Dace Podcast, powered by CRTV. We love to know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Todd and Aaron are here with us as well. We just wrapped up today's CRTV television show. Gentlemen, that show is dedicated uh, almost entirely to uh, the president's announcement last night of a re-engagement, uh, a reinvasion of Afghanistan, a surge, maybe we'll use that term as we did back in the Ambar province days in Iraq, but uh, a sur- a resurge uh, in Afghanistan. We broke a lot of that down, had a lot of reaction from people that know their stuff. Jordan Schachtel, who's our, our, our foreign policy national security correspondent here at CRTV. Ryan Morrow, who is one of the very best um, in term- subject matter experts on radical Islam and, and the Middle East that I know from uh, the Clarion Project. You know, so Give our audience just a little bit of a tease. If you're not a CRTV subscriber and you want to get our take on that and our deep dive analysis on that, that is what we spent today's television show on, Todd. Yeah, and I lay out that I'm a guy who not only supported going into Afghanistan after 9-11, but Iraq as well. Uh, my natural instincts when there's bad guys and not just within our borders but outside of them and not necessarily just because they're after us my 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 human instinct uh is to uh, defend the innocent but 17 years in where is our return on it even if that was our motivation where's our return on investment if we can't do that it doesn't matter how good our motivations are and again i'm giving the benefit of the doubt on that uh so far and they didn't even and president trump didn't even make the case uh in that regard about you know perhaps what have we stopped is it worth being over there for 17 years even though it looks like this thing isn't going to stop well you do know how many terrorist uh, attacks we probably stopped they don't even make that sell right so we're bad at this on multiple levels I, like you, Todd, uh, am of the mind that if there's bad guys out there, go go get them. Uh, do what it takes to, to stop them. And I think a little bit about well, what, what we got into today. Uh, and if you're uh, on, on uh, Facebook as well, you'll, we'll uh, have Steve's appearance from HLN uh, up as well. And that's, what, uh, that's the primary focus of that uh, hit, Steve, that you did on HLN today. Um, it, it's a worldview conversation because it's one thing if the bad guy is Carmine Falcone. It's a totally different thing if the bad guy is is the Joker. Mm-hmm. I'm not uh, I'm not comparing radical Islam to the Joker because there is some end game there. Uh, but at the same time, we get into why uh, why it seems American foreign policy, at least as it pertains to the Middle East, 
is so backwards and not successful. That's a conversation that needs to be had, and it's a deep issue, and we got into that today. So you don't want to miss that. Promo code DACE, D-E-A-C-E, if you want to watch today's show and, and give it a shot. I think they have a free trial, don't they? You can give it a shot. If after a few days you think, you know what, frankly, you guys aren't that good. I'm not paying for it. Then don't. You know, it's just that simple. And if, you know, the the, the annual discount fee is is too high, I get that. You know, we are all operating on budgets these days. Uh, you, you have an option. You can do this for 10 bucks a month and, and try it on a month-to-month basis. And if we earn... Uh, the quality of the content that uh, not just us, but to Michelle and and Mark and uh, Stephen Crowder that they put together. If if it's if it earns that ten bucks a month, great. If it doesn't, then you should take that ten bucks a month elsewhere. So check it out, CRTV.com, promo code DACE. That's D E A C E. All right, let's continue our series here on the podcast on Americanism 101. We started this back at the uh, the dawn of 2017 because it was very obvious. Um, based on what we had just gone through in 2016, <laughs> that it was needed. Okay, so in our little corner of the, of the universe, our little slice of heaven here, we have spent a lot of time this year trying to define what it is that makes America exceptional. What, what makes it worthy of being a conservative to conserve those things. And we've had this conversation in two phases. Part one, we, we talked about the American creed and Chesterton's great line that America was the only nation ever founded upon a creed. And over the course of part one, we laid out that creed that there is a God. It's the God of the Bible. Uh, he's the only living God. Our rights come from him, not government. But government has a role in a place and its role in place is to protect and defend those God-given rights. That's its role. That's its place. So after we spent phase one laying that creed out, setting and laying down that foundation, we're now in the, in the last third of phase two. And phase two is now that you have a foundation, you need a framework. How do we carry forth on what this means? And, you know, the way, this, the way a foundation and a framework works let me give you a couple of analogies. If I asked the average Christian, what is the foundation of the Christian faith? They would probably tell me what? The Bible. The Bible. Okay? That's wrong, actually. Todd's sitting up in his chair. I won the argument! Okay? <laughs> and I say this is a sola scriptura evangelical. Okay? But that's not the right answer. Christ is the foundation of the Christian faith, guys. It's Jesus. Without Jesus, it's Aesop's fables. It's an it's, you know, um, it's a life coach. It's a worldview curriculum. It's it's truisms. You know, it, it's that's what it is. So it's, it's a book of wisdom, history. But the foundation is Christ. If Christ be not raised, then your teaching and preaching is in vain. Paul writes, and you're all still dead in your sins. The framework of the Christian faith is the scriptures. Meaning, it now that we have this foundation, there needs to be a clarification to answer St. Peter's question, what kind of people ought you to be? And that's what the Bible provides, the framework. The same thing exists in the founding of America. Most, If I asked most of you what's the foundation of America, you would say? Constitution. And you'd be wrong. Because you're making the same mistake. The Declaration of Independence is the foundation of America. It lays out, that's our mission statement. 
Our rights come from God. All men are created equal because God created them. When government rules us in a way that God says is wrong, we must obey God and not man and live the way God intended and commanded, regardless of what the king says, because the king is under the authority of God every bit as much as we are, according to the laws of nature and nature's God. That's the mission statement. Bam. That's it. That's your foundation right there. Or what we used to call the organic law of the United States. Now, the declaration still is. We've just departed from natural law, so we don't even use that terminology anymore. But that's what it means. Now, the Constitution is the framework of that foundation. It answers the St. Peter question. What kind of people ought we to be? Since we know what our foundation is, Peter comes along and says, Behold, God's word says, I have laid a stone in Zion. The stone that was rejected has become the chief cornerstone, right? That's, what's the cornerstone of, an or, of, of, an, of, a, of a structure, by the way? What is that? It's the foundation. That's what it is. That's your foundation. But then we need to know, okay, because that's our foundation, what should we live like? What should we be like? What should that look like? And that's what the scriptures answer. Same thing. We laid this foundation with the Declaration of Independence, but now that we have declared independence, and now that we have won our independence, and we're going to govern ourselves, what does that look like? What's the framework for carrying that forth, for living out what we say we believe? And that's what the Constitution does. And that's the model we have followed with this two phases of Americanism 101. We laid the foundation first. And now we're providing the framework. And the framework we're borrowing from is articulated in Cleon Skousen's great work, The 5,000-Year Leap. And he lays out 28 principles that are the framework of America that change the world. We're at principle number 20 this week. Efficiency and dispatch require government to operate according to the will of the majority. But constitutional provisions must be made to protect the rights of of the minority. Let me repeat that. Efficiency and dispatch require government to operate according to the will of the majority. But constitutional provisions must be made to protect the rights of the minority. Why is that important? Why does efficiency require the rule of a majority? Because eventually we got to get some things done, guys. Right? Eventually, someone's got to make some decisions. We were joking about this a few weeks ago, but it's true. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm, Noah's going through little man boot camp with daddy right now. Okay. Phase one, get up in the morning when you're supposed to. <laughs> All right. You can't fulfill any of your other masculine obligations and duties if you can't get your butt out of bed. All right. So I started off for a few days getting him up early with me. Now he's kind of more and more able to get up on his own without daddy getting him up. That's phase one. Okay? Phase two is make a decision. Consider all the information you have at your disposal and make a decision. And even if it's the wrong one, making that decision decisively with the best information you have is better than being indecisive. Now, of course, if people you respect come to you and tell you you made the wrong decision, change your mind. All right? Don't hunker down and double down. That's a fool. But making bad decisions with decisiveness will turn out better than being indecisive. Not to mention, as I'm trying to explain to them, chicks don't dig indecisive. They don't dig that. Every once in a while when they say, 
I don't care where we go. They actually do care. But most of the time, that means they want you to choose where to go. All right? You agree with this on, with me so far, Todd? Yes. Okay. So that's phase two. Make a decision. Why? Otherwise, we just sit around. I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, what do you kind of know? I don't know. Meanwhile, the Redcoats are coming. I don't know. What do you kinda, I don't know. Let's have another committee. Somebody has to do something eventually. And this side of eternity, there's no perfect way to come up with a plan that will, every, that will please us all. What's the old Abraham Lincoln line? You can please all, some of the people some of the time. None of the people none of the time, but you can't please all the people all the time, right? You, you just aren't going to please everyone. So sooner or later, we just have to go with something and roll with it. And to paraphrase William F. Buckley, he'll take a majority of picked at random from the yes. phone book than some tyrant somewhere to make that ultimate decision. Now, where'd they get the idea of a majority as opposed to an elite minority? They got it right out of the scriptures. There is wisdom where? In a multitude of counsel. Wisdom in a multitude of counsel. I'll give you an example from my own, uh, from my own life just recently. Somebody from Judge Roy Moore's campaign called me. Won't tell you what it was about. Asked me for my strategic take on something they were thinking about in their race. And I gave them my strategic take, and then I said at the end, but right now I'm probably in a more pessimistic place than some of your other people you trust are. So find the people whose opinions you trust that have a more optimistic take and get their opinion too. You know, because I'm kind of in that phase like, you know, it's, we all float down here. That's where I'm at right now, <laughs> all right? So I'm trying as hard to, I told this person, I'm trying as hard as I can to give you the best objective analysis I can. But I, can, I have to acknowledge, right now I have a bias. I'm like, most, most of the time, what, what has made me good about this in the past is I can set my, my preferences and ideological desires aside and, and look at the information as it is. And that has made me sort of a, a, the version of a scratch golfer when it comes to a- analytics. I can't do that right now. And I have to just acknowledge I'm going to the golf course with a handicap now that I never went with before. I'm in a, I'm in a kill them all Metallica place. That's where I'm at right now. Okay, that's where I'm at. And I just told this person, I just, that the analysis I gave you, I did my best to set that aside but I, I, because I love the judge and I want to be as, as good to him as I can be. I just want you to know up front, you should filter what I just told you through that lens. And this person said, that's a, I knew you were in that place because I follow what you read. That's exactly why I asked you. I, I, I knew everybody else around me is optimistic. I went to you to get a pessimistic take. So I've already done what you've asked. You're actually the other person. You don't need to tell us in your duck place. You've made that abundantly clear day <laughs> so after day I, after day. I, he, he, this person said to me, I know you are going to come up with bad stuff that could happen if we do this we hadn't thought of yet. That's why we love you. That's why we went to you. <laughs> to find out. You're the prince of darkness. <laughs> That's what they literally told me. That just happened. Okay, but that's an example of wisdom in a multitude of counsel. Now, sometimes, as the old prophet Keith Jackson used to say on College Football Saturdays, analyzing is paralyzing. That's the point. After a while, make a decision. Go with it. Do your best with it. If it's wrong, change it. Okay? You don't have to just sit there and suck. You have to sit there and lose. There's nothing manly and masculine about, let me just suck at this more. There's nothing manly about that, guys. Just as chicks dig in, don't dig in decisiveness, you know, they dig even less. Doubling down on what they know and everybody around you knows doesn't work and fails. They hate that even more than indecisiveness, and they really don't like indecisiveness. So eventually, we got to roll. 
otherwise we just have rigor mortis. But because human nature is not basically good, and yes, there is wisdom in a multitude of counsel, but sometimes that multitude is corrupt. Sometimes the multitude comes back with, all right, we got together and we think black people, Negroes are property. So let's roll. Okay? Sometimes the majority is wrong. Sometimes the majority, because guess what they be? Sinners. Like the government you just toppled. Like the tyrants you just got rid of. Now, their sin may not be as manifestly wicked and evil, as impactful as whatever it was you just overthrew, the mad king himself over there across the English Channel or the Atlantic, but they're still sinners nonetheless. So there has to be some framework, Todd, by which when the majority comes back with, you know what, Um, you don't have to be a mom. Kill your kid. The majority comes back with, yeah, you know, that, that whole mom and dad thing. We don't need that anymore. We got together. There's wisdom in a multitude of counsel, and we decided gender's irrelevant. Okay, there must be a mechanism in place when the majority goes off the reservation because the majority, the will of the majority can be wrong. We have numerous examples in our culture that the will of the majority has been wrong right from the very outset of it. And that's why our rights are not are not defined by the Constitution, but protected by them. In case that occurs, Dred Scott took his personhood to the Supreme Court not on the grounds of creating himself a new right as a Negro, but on the grounds of, hey, you justices up there, when you got into office, what did you swear an oath to uphold and defend? That Constitution, right? Well, it says right here, I got this thing right here in my hands. And it says right here in this Constitution, here, let me read these words to you. No person shall be denied life, liberty, or property without due process of law. I'm here in your, in your quarters right now. I'm talking to you. I can read. I can write. I have a heartbeat. I have DNA. I can procreate. What would we call a, a being that can do all those things? Human. A human person. So I want what you put in writing. I want what's legally entitled to me that you already promised me. He wasn't asking for something new. He wasn't asking for something special. It is fascinating to go back, and, and I'm not into Martin Luther King Jr. was a Republican conservative. That's, we, we, I don't like romanticizing our history for our partisan whims. I think our history, even with the warts and all, is just fine the way it is because it's examples of the grace of God working through flawed people. We don't have to romanticize. We don't have to reverse engineer history for us right-wingers any more than we should tolerate the left doing it for their, for their machinations either. But there is one thing. When you go back and read Martin Luther King Jr.'s civil rights speeches, you compare them to what you hear Al Sharpton and others say today, total different paradigm. And the paradigm is King is appealing to the founding traditions of the country and saying, we want that. That's what we want. We helped build that. We worked those fields. We plowed those roads. We fought in those wars. We deserve that. That's in writing. That's our promise to you can't deny that from us anymore. And we won't tolerate it. We will overcome. That's different than the agitating. Well, you know, maybe we should get special preferences now. Maybe, maybe it wasn't fair that those whiteies down in the South got those special preferences all them decades. So it's our turn now. Those, those, those would be our codes now. Those would be our set-asides now. That's a different paradigm than what was being articulated a half century ago by MLK. And we have to, Todd, have those protections in place because the will of the majority can be wrong. 
Because wide is the road to destruction, narrow is the path to salvation. Absolutely. Um, the, the Constitution and its interpretation, it's, it, it's, it's so important that you started out this conversation uh, where you did. Because there, there's a reason right now that we don't, even though we don't necessarily have strict majorities, but we have pluralities, large ones, on both sides that behave something closer to a mob than anything else and they get away with it for a long time it's because the automatic default of both sides isn't to go back and reflect on god the declaration i mean th- th- those things are dusty old nostalgic nonsense uh d- to people on uh, both sides even people who you know kind of check a box believe in god yeah shrug their shoulder but it it, it there is no f- fruit there uh to to harvest for how you uh live your life so it, we are functioning very largely now as a mob and therefore it's it's no it's not a surprise that uh the the democrat party that did have undeniable moments where it did stand up for this uh, principle in the past uh, ended up turning into some uh, an agency that started pretending that was the only part worth defending and really uh, if you're if you're not willing to defend uh, the uh, the Constitution in a whole you're really not defending it at all this is like people who take scripture out of context and don't let scripture inform itself through uh, scripture they ultimately end up building a house of cards so so that is exactly what the uh, left did in starting to believe that this was the only part of scripture worth defending and now they actually do the very opposite they have a sense of being in we're the people we've been waiting for Steve we're on the right side of history Mm -hmm. so now really their sense of supporting minority rights is totally in a two legs good four legs bad world now yes they they went from essentially making that as you pointed out the hallmark of what they represented to well you know now that we kicked the farmer out of the house it's four legs good two legs bad four legs good but you know Two legs. Two legs are even better. Aaron, your thoughts? If we don't, if we, and really this is, this conversation is simple. And I think this is another, um, another at the end of the day, uh, example in my view of why, of how the left operates. They operate the best on confusion, and they create the confusion the most efficiently by using a lot of words and by using uh, a lot of superfluous information when trying to make their arguments. I think you brought up a good example of uh, of the the modern day um, people like... uh, 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 differentiating uh, differentiating them from uh, MLK, Al Sharpton's, uh, the Louis Farrakhan's, those ilk, uh, they thrive on stirring up people either with all outright lies or with just a lot of words. When really this conversation comes down to what we uh, what we brought up at the beginning of the conversation, the mission statement of the United States of America found in the Declaration of Independence. All men are created equal with certain unalienable rights, among them being life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. That's really as simple as it needs to get. And you know what? That's a winning message as well. But too often we we can't articulate that because we don't know where the basis of that notion comes from. 
and it's rooted in a Judeo-Christian uh, ethic. Exactly right. That's exactly right. And it's why we've been doing this series all this year. And, it, you know, it's one of the things we'll discuss today over on the TV side when you check that out. And I'll get into more specifics over there. But the reason we're on year, going on year 16, stop and think about this. We invaded Afghanistan in October of 2001, which means in about six to seven weeks, those that were born when we, the day we invaded or the week we invaded Afghanistan will be eligible to go get their driver's licenses. Within two years, they'll be eligible to go and serve in Kabul and Afghanistan themselves. And it's because we think this is a military issue. We think it's a tactical issue. And it's not. It's a worldview issue. And the, and the reason why our rights are being, it's the same reason why we can't win over there are the same re reasons why our rights are being infringed upon and we're losing over here. It's a worldview issue. Too few of us know these things. And as the great prophet once said, my people perish for a lack of of knowledge. Well, we don't have the biggest platform in America, but the one that God has saw fit to give us, we're going to use it as best we can to do something about that and hope and pray that there's others out there. And we have a whole team of people at CRTV and people at other places like Shapiro at the Daily Wire and other places who are attempting to do similar work. But that's, you know, we need to do some nation building. I'm not opposed to nation building. I just think the nation we ought to be building is this one. Thank you for listening today on the podcast powered by CRTV. Let us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Don't forget promo code Dace to check out today's TV show on the President's Afghanistan announcement. Until tomorrow, John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like it, you. Oh.